Welcome to the Ford Marketing Podcast, the podcast that covers internet marketing strategies and leadership tactics to move your business forward with your host, Joshua Jarvis. Hi, and welcome back to Ford Marketing Podcast. That's the number four, RD Marketing. You can get the show notes at fordmarketing.com slash podcast. So if you remember about two weeks ago, we started on this sort of SEO 101 journey. Um, and again, my whole point of doing this was hopefully to have some sort of resource for you that you could say, you know, listen to these five episodes or these six episodes or however many we end up with. And, you know, you could use it to train your uh, your staff, you could use it to evaluate SEO people. And all of these tips, all these things I'm talking about are things that I actually use uh, and I use to generate over 200 leads a month from my real estate website, um, which was ended up being a multi-million dollar sales business. Now, I didn't make multi-million dollars, unfortunately, but it, it generated that many sales. So, I also use this with my digital marketing clients. And so, everything I'm telling you here, I'm kind of just laying it all bare. I'm hoping that you can pick up I hope you can pick up what I'm putting down and basically be able to use it in your own business. And again, I think you'll see results just from some of these things. So first week we talked about search engines and how they work. So if you missed that, go ahead and check that out. But basically they're crawling page after page after page. And how do they crawl these pages? Will they crawl them through the links? And we talked about, well, because of that, we need to structure our site in a way that makes sense for someone to do that. So if I was going to go through files in your desk, you would want them in some sort of categories. And so that's why WordPress is actually such a great uh, content management system is because basically it can actually send, um, it can actually set these things up sort of automatically, if you will. All right. So we talked about that. We talked about site architecture. We talked about siloing and why that was so important. And then last week we, we talked about, you know, sort of the nine you know, the best tactics of, of setting up your page. So you, you understand what you're supposed to do. And now you're actually talking about the, you know, the actual content on the page. So whether it's a blog post or whether it's a page and we got through sort of the first SEO 101 things, you know, your, your URL, um, your title tag, your H1 tags, your meta description. We even talked about how to use the alt tag in the images. This week, we're going to talk a little bit more um, of the detail, like SEO, sort of 102-ish, um, and why these things are important to pay attention to. If you know them, but you don't know how what I'm talking about, um, that's okay. These next set of items are very important uh, in their own right, but if you don't get them, but all you get is the stuff we talked about last week, then you're still ahead of like 80% of your competitors if you're doing this on your own. So without further ado, we're going to go, kind of go back over all this stuff. Actually, we're not going to go back over it. We're going to just jump right in into what is called canonicalization. Okay, so that's a word that I was actually really scared when I wrote it down. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to mess this up. I already had an email one time. Someone, someone said, oh, you say um a lot. Well, it's because a lot of times I'm doing this, I get so excited. I walk away from my notes and then or I, uh, I don't look at my notes at all. And I'm just sort of kind of going as it comes to me. And that's not good. So, canicalization, I did it again. I think I've mastered it now. Um, is basically saying to Google, this is the page about that. Okay, so it's a tag. And you can Google this. And I'll put this in the show notes. But it's basically this little tag that goes into the page. And it says, canicalization, you know, this tag is this. 
I mean, this page is about this page. And so what I mean by that is like, let's say you know, there's probably two big applications for this. Let's say you copy your content because this is really what's supposed to help cut down on Google not understanding what duplicate content is. And so this, this particular page, if it has this link, let's say, for instance, you post your content to uh, a site called Medium. All right. So Medium lets you post blogs and other things and you can actually post your content. So it's a cool place to post your content that you already wrote about, but it actually does a good job. It says, hey, um, we're gonna put this uh, conicalization tag here for you to let Google know that the original content was actually from your page. And that's pretty sweet because that's one of the dangers of blogging is that someone could copy your page and then put it on their page and count it as theirs. And then Google gets to these two pages and says, which one's the real one? So the, the tag shows them that. Another example of this is where you have uh, an e-commerce site or a real estate site where there's a bunch of listings or products. And let's say, um, you remember our example from last week or the week before last, we had this uh, a site selling cars, for instance. And let's say they clicked on sedans and there's you know 40 pages of sedans, all right? So, Maybe underneath sedan, the page, every time you click through the pages, it says, you know, P1, P2, P3, P4, you know, it's kind of poor naming, but your, your, uh, your site is set up kind of like a search engine. And Google hates search engine with a passion. It wants to be the only one. It's very jealous of all the others. And so what it doesn't want to do is it doesn't want to rank any other search engines or search engine results or search queries. It only wants to rank pages. So what are you supposed to do if you have a website about Atlanta homes for sale, for instance, and you've got 200 homes on there that don't fit on one page? Well, you know, your, your uh, system is probably going to let you page through it. So it's P1, P1, like we were talking about. But what you can do is you can actually have the Atlanta homes for sale page or your cars, sedans page or whatever it is. You can actually put the canicalization tag on there and tell Google, look, all these P things are different versions of this page, but ultimately the most unique authentic page is this one. I'll put the example in the show notes. It's probably easier if you see it and you go, oh, and I'll just put a word of warning. There's a, a, a little uh, arrow bracket and some code that has to go in there. Um, don't freak out about that. If you've got an e-commerce site, you need to do this. Um, if you're not using WordPress, then you're gonna probably have to copy and paste this. If you are using WordPress, then a lot of the plugins already do this for you. So you wanna to check to see, does WordPress do this for you? Does the base installation, is that gonna do that for you? Is, uh, and one of the most popular SEO plugins is called Yoast, Y-O-A-S-T uh, SEO. It's probably the most popular plugin on the planet for uh, WordPress, especially for SEO. You put that in and it already does it for you. So you don't have to worry about um, understanding what I'm really talking about. Colonization, again, basically all it's saying is that, hey Google, this page, you know, whatever is, it's, it has this equal sign, this is canalization equals this. This page is about this page. I know, it's like the most difficult thing to try to explain over the airwaves, but that's it. All right, so rich snippets is something else that every page needs i don't know if you guys listened to the very first episode about how google was taking over the search results 
But if you've done any searching lately, especially if you use Google as much as I do, it's kind of disheartening because you've got, typically you'll have a bunch of ads, then you might have a map or a section where it's like cut out of an answer to the question. And then at the very bottom of the page, which you have to scroll down, is the search results. And that's kind of a, a bad thing if you're trying to do search engine optimization. They don't really want you to do this. They want you to pay them so that you rank where the ads are. And so rich snippets is a way for you to kind of participate in what they call um, SERP. What do they call that? SERP something. I, I didn't write it down. But basically, it's a search engine result page. And then there's these little, little things that they can do, like whether it's a map, whether it's ads, whether it's uh, something called a feature snippet where there's questions that are answered. And uh, you'll see it. Like if you type in... Um, I used the last example last week where my daughter asked, she says, well, you know, why is the Bible called the Bible? Well, I typed that in and there was the, the answer was given to me. I didn't even have to click on it uh, for like Wikipedia. But then below it was like five other questions that people asked about the Bible that I could have just hit the button and Google would have told me. I would have never visited the pages unless I wanted more information about that. And so rich snippets is also the way if you've ever done a search and you see uh, stars underneath the page, like if you ever see Yelp results, they always have these stars. And it's all from rich snippets. Now rich snippets is a very technical, I mean, it's not super technical, but it, it is something that most business owners, um, I like guess a level, it is definitely 102 level at the very least uh, for you to do. But there's some ways that you can go around that. There's a, there's a great plugin that I'll link to in the show notes. If you're using WordPress, it lets you identify, you know, all the different types of schema, um, which is what Rich Snippets basically is based off of, which tells Google um, a little bit more information about this. And basically, when you think about uh, the stuff we're talking about today, it is the canalization and the Rich Snippets. And it's just another way of telling Google, here's what this page is about. This page is authoritative because it's got the canalization tag. This page is uh, has, my ad has my address on it because I put the Rich Snippets in there. This page is about Ford uh, marketing, digital marketing firm because um, it has the reviews of this. It has... You know, all these different things. This is by the author, Joshua Jarvis. If you've ever seen some of those, uh, some of the posts will say author and it'll give you a name. That's where they put that in. So rich snippets, uh, again, the easy, the easy button is to just get the plug in and do that is very worthwhile. If you get a rich snippet, basically what happens is you kind of skip from wherever you are in the results up to potentially page one being, being the, uh, what they call uh, search engine result zero which is where they've answered the question. And then the key to this is that as you get good with this, as you find that you're ranking for the feature snippet, what you want to do is answer it in such a way, answer whatever the question is in such a way that causes the user to want to visit your page. Okay, so that's the whole reason why we're doing this is we want people to visit the page. Now, what about the actual page? We talked about having H1 tag. We talked about a title. How many words do you think it takes <laughs> to rank? And no one really wants to come out and say this to you um, because they've, we've seen, you know, every time an SEO person says, this is the definitive answer, it's completely bogus because there's no such thing. Google changes their algorithm all the time. I know you've probably heard about the Penguin change or the upcoming Fred change or the mobile first changes that are coming. They're changing their algorithm all the time. One report said 400 to 600 times a year, they're changing their algorithm. They only tell us about kind of the big ones. And we're seeing this every time. I mean, when Irma happened, the whole page was taken by, was with these, these feature snippets. There was actually no information 
from anyone that sort of, you know, created content. It was videos and what Google found and what Google thought was authoritative, not what it, you know, previously used as, um, in its algorithm. So how many, how many words does it take to rank number one? Now, uh, someone did a study on this and I'll link into it in the show notes, but basically it said the average, uh, word count for the number one ranking is 2,500 words. That's a lot of words. But when you think about it and you've done a search, what's the one site that always seems to come up? It's Wikipedia. And how many words on the page? Yeah, it's like a lot of words. It's like an encyclopedia, hence the name. So when you write about a topic and you want to rank number one, you can do a few different things. Uh, one of the things you can do is actually look at your competition. See how many words they've got on their page and just write more words. Now, I don't mean waste words. I don't mean that you should you know, do something that maybe you know, if you can't find the words for it, maybe you need a better topic. Maybe it's not worth going after, but you probably need to be between 600 and 2,500 words for you to even be on the first page. And uh, what I like to recommend to my clients is that if they're going to blog, they can blog these 600 word sort of, you know, 600 to 800 word sort of things, covers a topic, answers a question, keeps it really short and simple. For the really, really like major keywords that they really want to rank for, you know, it's time to go all in. Um, It's... It's the kind of thing like that you want to have maybe a frequently asked question, uh, frequently asked questions section in your own page, right? So you'd have a, a topic. Um, I think in the previous one, I kept using the Cavalier King Charles Spaniels dog. So maybe it's the frequently asked questions about these dogs. You know, are they trainable? Are they this? Are they that? Are they that? And so you would have all these these sub sort of headers, almost creating a guide or a, a almost like a book, if you will of a page because that's really what Google's looking for is this really in-depth content on this subject and that's what's going to rank uh, really well. Uh, if you just did, you know, um, here's 800 words about why I love these dogs. Well, that's not going to rank as well as a 2,500, you know, sort of little mini ebook. In fact, that's really like, so that's where it's going. So I'd say between six, six and 800 words for regular blog posts and then like I said, 2,500 or even more for something that you want to rank number one for. There's a lot of other factors though. So if you can only get crank out 2000 words and you feel like you're wasting uh, your breath or being redundant or repetitive, then you know get the words on the page, get as many as you can, and then work on some of the other factors. All right, after mentioning all this about the content, it goes without saying that I must tell you guys, the whole point of a visit is to turn into what? That's right, a customer. So the whole point of someone visiting your page should be to turn that person to a customer. You're in business to make money, all right? So it's okay to call someone a lead if it's basically how you help, you know, work your system. So if you're creating a page that explains, you know, the nine ways to take care of this of a particular breed of dog, um, what do you think you need to have on there? At the very least, contact me to find out more, right? Uh, sign up for my newsletter about dogs. You should always be build, building your email list. You know, they had a saying in closing, you know, I mean, in sales, always be closing, right? Well, on the internet, you need to be always be calling to action, making offers, always be growing your email list. And so that's basically what you want to do on your page. You want to figure out, you know, what's the end result? Why, why do I run rank number one? What's the point? There's only a few businesses I can think of where having a number one ranking uh, but not having uh, any sort of way to capture the customer is useful. Um, real estate is one of those. So let's say, for instance, I went after a ranking for a neighborhood and I became the number one agent, but I did not, as far as rankings are concerned. 
but maybe I didn't have a call to action on the site. Well, it's not wasted. I can go into someone's house and say, look, I rank number one. And it's kind of got that vanity effect where the client may think that, oh, look, Josh was important because he ranks number one. And maybe I get a listing out of that. But still, the whole purpose of creating these content is ultimately there's some sort of means to an end. And the end is turning that person into a customer, right? So ultimately, like I'm creating content around digital marketing. I want people to work with. You know, because you are listening to me, you like me, hopefully, and then you might hopefully use me, right? So there's a certain number of people that I want to work with. So even I could get better at this, but this is the reminder. I would never create a piece of content as a business owner in hopes and just hopes of getting visits. I would create it in hopes of getting customers, right? So now let's talk about links. How many links should you have? Um, what's, what should you link to? All of that. So you talked about all your pages. We talked about your content. We talked about the words on the page. Talked about call to action. All of this stuff, and your links. There's some reference to how many links you're supposed to have on a page on Google. Um, I what I found is all of that information is bogus. You don't want to have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of links on your page unless you had like a 300,000 word you know essay. Then hundreds of hundreds of pages and links makes sense, right? Um, but supposedly Google kind of taps out around 100 and says, hey, hey. Uh, I can't follow that many, right? It's like my brain is full. Um, I can only go to 100. Um, but even that may not be true. There's um, there's stuff about no followings. And I don't want to get too like technical with you, but there's ways to go into a link and sort of say, hey, this is a link I don't really want Google to follow, but I'm going to include it anyway for my for my visitors. There's and so what, what that means is Google says, oh, it says no follow. I'm not going to follow it. But really what we find it does. There's even, uh, if you remember in our local SEO mention, there was citations. So if you registered your business with googlemybusiness.com, or the thing is google.com slash business, uh, if you registered your business and you put your address, your name, and your phone number all together, Google finds it and says, oh, look, that's a link. All right. But how, so let's go back to, to sort of regular generic links. I think you need to have at least one, if not multiple, interlinking links. To go back to that silo example, that's where you're... Uh, Lamborghini links to the Ferrari. Okay. Uh, Amazon does a great job of this. You know, uh, some users liked this, right? So that's kind of the suggestion. You know, when you go on the page and you're, you're looking for an item and it says, you know, uh, you, similar users like this, right? They like these other things and it keeps you on the page. So that's really the best kind of links, those sort of contextual links. Like if um, uh, we use that dog example so much, the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel breeder, maybe she breed like the breeder that I actually work for, she breeds situs as well. So what if you link to that as well? Hey, here's the other dogs I breed. You know, that's just sort of a generic link. But what if there was um, uh, maybe they're spaniel dogs, right? So these Cavalier King Charles Spaniels. If there's a, you know, sort of cousin of that, that makes it even a better link, right? Um, in SEO or digital marketing world, we've got, um, I've got an opportunity to sort of link uh, in multiple ways because I could be talking about the fundamentals like I am right now. And then link to something else that takes you one step further, link to, hey, we already talked about that. And it's in this other link, right? So if you had a uh, how to care for your dog in one on one blog post, you could say, you know, and here's how to care for their teeth, right? So, so anyway, you should be interlinking to other content on your page. This is this is probably the lowest hanging fruit for business owners that I see that have blog that have content is that they're not linking to their own content, which is oh kills me when I see that because that's the biggest opportunity. You should also link outside of your page. 
Um, you can do this strategically with vendors and other partners. You can say, um, like in real estate, is very often that I might link to a mortgage partner or an inspector just because the article was the thing that I was writing about was about uh, those items. And then I linked to someone because it made sense in the context of it. Uh, typically speaking, you don't want to link to your competitor, but you might want to link to Wikipedia. Um, those are really safe outside links. Google looks at that and says, oh, that's natural. What you don't want to do is have Google come to your page and only thing you're linking to is yourself uh, or the only thing you're linking to is this other page that seems like you're trying to push it up. So let's say you're a, a, an insurance agent and you got a side business, uh, maybe selling Arbon, all right? And you want this Arbon page to rank. So on every single one of your pages, you're linking to Arbon, but you're not linking to anything else. Google's going to go, hmm, that seems sort of fishy. So when you, what you want to do is make it look natural um, and really don't make it look natural. Just be natural, right? Link to things that make sense. Um, that's why in the show notes, I don't mind linking to Moz. I don't mind linking to Yoast. I don't mind linking to WordPress. I don't mind linking to these things. In fact, I have a, an SEO community that I'm a part of. I don't mind linking to my friends either, even though we're kind of uh, competitors as well. So if it's natural, go ahead and link outside of your site, link inside of your site and and make sure that you are utilizing some of that content because like every piece of content, even if it doesn't generate a sale, which, I, which again to me is the purpose of the content, if it doesn't, if it at least passes a link on to another site, then you've kind of helped it out, right? Um, something else to say about links. The way that Google sees the links is that basically uh, we used to have this term called Google juice. Um, kind of sounds uh, strange now, but as I hear myself say it, I'm like, eh. Ooh. But basically, Google juice, if you will, um, imagine it kind of pours down. And each link uh, sort of gets divided up, but it's also by priority. So the links at the top of the page are more important than the ones at the bottom. That's why if you just took all your links at the bottom of the page in what's called the footer, it doesn't really help your site all that much. That's why I would, I would recommend, you know, you put your more valuable links at the top, your least valuable links at the bottom. Um, and, uh, and yes, it makes sense to go ahead and do that. Even though Google is going to see maybe your menu first, it's going to know that that menu is kind of a table of contents, if you will, for your site. And it's going to get right into the content um, because of the way you've structured it. If you followed what we said about following kind of like an English paper with the headers, then it's going to know, you know, your intro, if there's a link in there, that's important. But each time it goes down the page, it's going to know that this link is more important than that link. The other thing is, is it gets kind of divided up. So let's say that Google Juice was worth 100 points. In this really oversimplified example, this is not something that you would ever get anyone to testify to, but let's say it's 100 points of Google Juice per page, which is a really ridiculous example, but it does help you understand it. If you've got five links on the page, guess what? Each link gets some portion of that 20 uh, points, if you will. And if you were using the example I gave before about priority, Maybe the first link gets 25, the second link gets 15, the next link gets 10, and so on and so on. Um, and so don't check my math on that because I know that it's wrong, but um, I just understand that basically the priority matters, the number of links that matter, okay? Um, that still doesn't mean that you should be shy about putting links on your page, all right? Just one rule of thumb is, you know, one link for every 200 words. Um, other people have other rules. Um, sometimes it's one per 400 words. Sometimes it's one per 100 words. Um, so there's no, you know, whatever works for you. For me, I like one for every 200 words because um, it's enough links to, to pass 
to, to link the things that I need to link to, but it's not so many that it's just overwhelming. Um, uh, side note about real, about putting no follow links. Why would you use a no follow link? Well, if you know, it's kind of telling Google you don't want to follow it, even though uh, all the research says they do. But here's what it is: if you're linking to affiliate stuff or Amazon links, sometimes you'll see I'll, I'll reference a book and I'll put an Amazon link on there. Um, I'll put a no follow tag on that. One, it doesn't. Amazon's this behemoth; it does not need my link. Um, and so I'm not trying to keep it from that. What I want to do is avoid falling into any sort of categorization by Google that I'm trying to ge- generate affiliate affiliate monies. If you listen to how do bloggers and uh, vloggers and podcasters make money, then you may have heard that affiliate commissions is not how they make money. And so that is not how I'm trying to make money is off affiliate commissions. And so uh, do I put affiliate links on there sometimes? Absolutely. But am I going to get rich off of it? Absolutely not. Um, so... I will no follow those kinds of links for the simple fact that I'm, again, I'm trying to tell Google, hey, hey, um, I'm putting this link here, but it's for the benefit of the consumer. It's not for the benefit of any sort of link strategy or anything like that. Um, this link over here, though, to my other blog post about local SEO, absolutely very strategic. Please look at that. I mean, that's that's why there's no, a no follow link. Uh, that's why there is a sort of do follow link on there. Um, as a side note, also, um, I'm kind of reminded that there is no such thing as a do follow link. It is either just do follow or, or it's no follow. So you have to tell it no. You don't have to tell it to follow, if that makes sense. So when you put a link in, if you don't put any tags or anything in there, it's just the, the just standard link code, then it's already linking. You don't have to worry about making it a follow link. Uh, you can't see the air quotes that I'm making. Um, but if you didn't want Google to look at that link, then you'd put no follow. And again, that doesn't mean that Google doesn't see it. It just means that Google says, oh, hold on. We're not going to hold this link against this person. He's putting it here for some for some for some sort of purpose. And unfortunately, a lot of the news organizations will put no follow links to their sources because you know fake news society right now is saying that well <clears throat> these links are are they sponsored links? Are they part of some sort of strategy that this news organization is trying to do? So uh, it's another example of that. So now. The most important thing about all this is you've got the content, you've got links going inside your page, you've got a link going outside your page, but how do you build links from other sites to your page? Well, that's the topic for next week's episode. It's going to be the sort of the nine ways to build links or the nine awesome ways to build links. If you remember the blog titles, I need to have a number, an ah power word, and then and the actual title. So I'll come up with something before this gets posted. But basically, we're going to talk about nine ways that I generate links for my, uh, for my content and for my client's content and that ways that you can actually implement. Hopefully one of those ways you'll be able to pull out and be able to use on your own, uh, on your own website to generate, help you with your ranking. Uh, we'll also go into, at some point on this, so we'll talk about the different metrics that people use to sort of measure, you know, are you actually doing what you're supposed to be doing? You know, is, is your page growing? Are shrinking even if you can't I mean I'm growing or it's like is it actually working even if you can't see the traffic just yet is your rankings going up those sort of things we'll talk about kind of how to measure that in one of the future episodes but I appreciate you guys listening so much um, please again I want your feedback I'd love to do a Q&A session at the very end of this, um, this series and uh, one of the best ways to do that is email me your questions at Joshua. That's J-O-S-H-U-A at FordMarketing.com. That's Joshua at FordMarketing.com. I would look forward to your questions. Uh, and then that way, 
uh, so I'll have an episode just for it. I'll also take your critiques. I'll take whatever advice that you may have. Um, had a great person tell me, um, you know, join Toastmasters so you can get rid of the ums and ahs. And uh, that's absolutely something that I am looking forward to doing. Uh, so thank you so much for that suggestion, Phyllis. And um, anyway, I will get with you guys next week. And uh, I would love it if you guys would send me a review, like the page, uh, share it, uh, send me some love so I know that I'm on the right direction. Because again, all my, my whole purpose in this is to add value to you guys. All right. Thanks so much for listening. And I'll catch you next week.